What is going on, everybody? John Pemba here with Andrew Cooper, welcoming to the Quick Out Fantasy Football Podcast, Episode 3 of the 2023 NFL Offseason Coop. Uh, we are nearing quickly the NFL Draft, which means many people right now listening, probably in their dynasty leagues, starting to make moves, starting to look over their rosters, uh, trying to figure out exactly maybe what their arbitration bids could be looking like, guys that they could drop off their teams, guys that they could be buying and selling. Why not talk a little tight end today when it comes to some dynasty fantasy football, shall we? Yes, let's do that. I mean, here's the thing. The rookie draft and all that, that's like the project you have to build a deck behind your house. You're waiting for it to get nice out, right? You want to make big moves. But before you do that, you really got to do some spring cleaning. And people don't like to think about dynasty because it's a lot of work to go in and kind of look at the whole landscape and figure things out before you move into the next part. That's what we're going to do with these next four episodes. Tight end, running back, wide receiver, quarterback. Look at the landscape and tell you, hey, if you're competing now, these are the guys you want. If you are rebuilding, these are the guys you want. And these are the guys you want to sell. These are the guys on our radar. These are the deep stashes. We're just going to hit the whole position, get you caught up to speed on the current position, and then we can start thinking about rookies. And obviously, right before the draft, you know, the draft is a month away. Right before the draft, we're going to do a show where we hit on all the rookies. Get you up to speed there, man. So uh, why don't we get into it, John? Hit the tight ends uh, and just do the housekeeping right now. Everybody at the position that's currently in the league. And then we'll get to these rookies, which is a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. Listen, Coop, when you're looking at dynasty fantasy football, you know, positions come to mind where you have guys that no matter where you are in your stage of your dynasty team, uh, you want these guys in your team. You Whether you're competing now, saving to compete later, uh, when it comes to the tight end position, who are those tight ends that like, no matter where you are in the process, those are the ones that you should be looking to have on your roster. Yeah, so you want like the Jamar Chase Justin Jefferson, you don't sell them under any circumstance type guys. Yeah, so for me, there's three guys that are there right now. There's Mark Andrews, who just a year ago had the a top five season all time at the position. I think people don't realize how good that 2021 season was. And they all they did was just throw a normal amount of times. Now they're getting rid of Greg Roman, bringing in Todd Munkin in the air raid offense. Mark Andrews right now, you know, he's still only, uh, you know, 20, 28 years old, 27, technically 28 at the start of the season. And Travis Kelsey didn't even have his first thousand yard season until he was 27. Now, obviously he's had like six in a row, but Mark Andrews is right there. So Mark Andrews is a guy, if I'm competing now, or if I'm looking to compete within the next few years, I go get him. Another guy. TJ Hawkinson, 25 years old. They just got rid of Adam Thielen, but he was actually getting more targets than Adam Thielen, right? So uh, you got him locked in there. Even if they bring in a rookie, when I watched uh, the 2019 Falcons, I watched Austin Hooper competing with Julio Jones get more targets during the first 13 weeks than a Calvin Ridley. So uh, even if they bring in a high-end rookie, I don't know if that threatens TJ Hawkinson during the short term. And the last one we got to talk about, John, Kyle Pitts. He's a divisive one to a certain degree, but what we do know, he's already had a thousand yard season. He's only 22 years old. John Kyle Pitts, are you, do you put him in that class? Cause like Hawk and Andrews, it's kind of pretty, pretty safe to put him there. Do you put Kyle Pitts there as someone you can trust? Do you still think he's more of a high risk, high reward guy? Definitely still high risk, high reward. Cause we don't like who's playing quarterback in, in Atlanta. Oh, right? I, I know, I know. 
I know, but I mean, but, that, I mean, he, uh, listen, I have que- listen, I have questions about Mark Andrews too. What if Lamar Jackson's not there and it's you know some nobody in quarterback now in in Baltimore, right? I'll or, tell or you, some rookie. You know, there's there's downside to teams with bad quarterback play. We see this all the time. If an offense can't move the football, it doesn't matter how good the individual talent is. <clears throat> Kyle Pitts last season, if the quarterback can't throw the football, they're not a safe play. So unless there's a, we see some development and improvement at the quarterback play uh, in Atlanta and development improvement or Lamar Jackson back at quarterback for uh, Baltimore, there's to me, there's still some question marks there. Kirk Cousins isn't the most spectacular quarterback in the world, but he can throw the football and he can throw the football to DJ Hawkinson. We know that. Uh, Kyle Pitts last year, that offense did not was not conducive to him, and the quarterback play was nowhere near enough to be him fantasy relevant. But no, that to me that was Arthur Smith's fault, one hundred percent. Like Arthur the Smith Bears, still exists. The Bears, yeah, like but there he can't exist in that fashion ever again. Like if the Bears threw at a historically insanely low level, which disguised the fact that the Falcons were also throwing at a ridiculously low level. Kyle Pitts got a 27.3% target share. That was the second best of any tight end in any sort of real offense. I don't care who the quarterback is. If you're getting that target share, you're at least reliable in any sort of PPR format to have a certain floor. So, and I honestly look at the Ravens. I would honestly, if I had to pick between Greg Roman coming back and Lamar Jackson, I'm not even sure. I just I was so tired of Greg Roman and that run first philosophy that this air raid with Todd Munkin. I, I'm convinced that these guys are going to be safe. I do understand your your caution, but I mean, when you look across the tight end landscape, if these guys at their with their talent and their age aren't safe, I don't even know who the hell is. I really don't. Well, like it, these is guys, tight, it is the tight end position. Tight end. There's such it's a the thing as a yeah. safe as a safe play, right? I it's mean, it's the best we got. It's the best it's, we got. So Obviously. that that I'll agree with you on for sure. Um, you know, Desmond Ritter, you know, named the starting quarterback. Ritter and Drake London last year, at the end of the year, actually looked pretty good together, right? Yes. Um, you know, in, in London was getting all of the target share. Now, obviously, Pitts wasn't around for that. You get Pitts in this offense. You get another second year with Ritter. Um, great, you know. But I, I'm going to be very interested to see what they do in the draft. If you go look. At the NFL draft odds, uh, the Falcons have the third highest odds of drafting B. John Robinson, right? They, what if they go get a stud running back? And and all of a sudden, Arthur Smith now has Robinson to run the football with Ritter and some sort of RPO mobility offense, and they're running the same exact thing, only it's not Marcus Mariota. It's Ritter with a much better running back that they just used a high draft capital on. You know, sure, 27% target share is great. 27% target share of 300 pass attempts sucks, right? So They're not like, – they can't – dude. What's if the offense is better, then the – like if, if Bijan's good, the offense will be better. I, I truly, I truly believe. I'm willing to put him there. Folks out there, you're going to have to make that call for yourself whether you put him in that, that class. But I'll tell you right now, if you have him, I like – I wouldn't sell him – for any of these other options. And we'll get into the next category here. Yeah. But, you know, again, there, there are pros and cons. I have to I play think, a little devil's advocate with you. Of course. Of course, of course you do. Uh, course otherwise, you do. what fun is this podcast? Right? I, know, so, I know, I know, I know. We'll just be rattling off guys I like. <laughs> exactly. But, uh, exactly. but um, the, the thing is, the fact of the matter, they're talented, they're young. 
if they don't hit this year, there's still plenty of time for it to come around. Sure. We both agree on that. 100%. 100%. All right. We're, say we're in a position to win now, Coop. Uh, Travis Kelsey obviously wasn't in the list of the guys you just mentioned now. I have to assume Travis Kelsey is in, the, in this list here if we're looking to win now. Uh, is Travis Kelsey even available if you're in a dynasty league? Like, is he are you able to get him away from a, a team owner? Do we even have to talk about Travis Kelsey? Like, honestly, Not much. Even, he's no. so good. He's so good. He's 30. I don't care that he's 33, but that's the only reason he's win now instead of the other categories that there's basically, I went back to look at it. There's only two other guys that had a season, a thousand yard season over the age of 32 or even honestly over 31. It was Tony Gonzalez, who is ageless. He still looks like he can play right now, yeah. and, you know, and then uh, the other guy is, a trivia that I wouldn't even throw at you, John. I wouldn't even make you do this trivia because nobody knows it. I even had to like write it down. The guy named what's Pete. The, what's the question? Who is the other tight end that over the age of 31 had a 1,000 yard season? Over. And I'll tell you right. He played for the he played for the Eagles in the 50s, dude. Oh, like it's okay. not somebody you're gonna get. That's why I wouldn't I throw it on you. It's it, it's a guy named Pete Retzlaff, and he was basically. The 1950s version of Gary Barnage, like this guy that just came out of nowhere and had a random thousand yard season. Well, yeah, you look at the football players back then; that's what they all were like. You know, just he, so, exactly. He got he got done at the you know he's working a long day as a pen salesman, yeah. and then hopped on the the the, the night train and and dropped a thousand yard season. Mm-hmm. So it just rarely happens. That's why. So Kelsey's in that. But again, if you're win now and you can actually get him, then hell yeah. But Again, if, if your team is not looking like it's going to compete at all, you probably should sell Kelsey right now because you can get a, a pretty penny for him. Sure. And the way the wheels do fall off with guys, like whether he just decides to retire or just has one season where he gets hurt, I'll tell you what, the value plummets. Yeah, really I, does. I, I can't wait for everybody to start touting how Travis Kelsey never gets hurt, just like they did with Saquon Barkley last year. Let's or not, not Saquon Barkley, uh, uh, John Taylor, right? You know, this is about... We're not not fortune tellers here, so never say never with these guys. Right, we just don't want. Yeah, it's you don't even like to talk about no. it. I don't. I like, but like again, like it's it's the reality of this world. He's yeah, done some a other lot guys' job of protecting himself than Gronk ever did. That's for sure. Truly, truly, he definitely is taking advantage of the hyperbaric chambers and all that stuff that he has. That is as you should if you're a uh, million dollar, bazillion dollar athlete and right. you get an extra bazillion dollars every time you don't get hurt. Then yeah, you should definitely do that. Uh, a guy that has gotten hurt quite a few times, and a good reason that he lands on this list is uh, Darren Waller. Uh, Darren Waller was looking kind of left for dead on Vegas with them adding Devontae Adams and Jacoby Myers with Hunter Renfro already there. He gets bailed out, gets traded across the country to a team that's looking to potentially use him as the split end. They didn't really – they lost Kenny Galladay. They guess they have Isaiah Hodges who will play some. But then they went out and kind of just added a bunch of slot guys. Wondell Robinson, Paris Campbell. He's going to play a ton of wide receiver. And Daniel Bellinger will play some inside uh, split end. If Darren Waller stays healthy, he's a guy that could surprise a lot of people. Again, we talk about Mark Andrews 2021 had a top five all-time tight end season. Darren Waller in 2020 had a top 10 all-time tight end season. Not far removed from that. So if you're win now and you're just looking for a guy you can actually acquire, Darren Waller. He's uh he's pretty reasonable. Yeah, listen, I, I don't mind it. Again, it's all health with him, uh, of course, you know, the last year and whatnot, dealing with the stuff that he went through. But you're looking at an offense starved for just pass-catching talent, uh, you know, and if everybody is 
drafting Daniel Jones where he's been going in drafts right now, uh, you know, for him to really pay off that upside without running for another like thousand yards and have those rushing touchdowns, he's going to have to throw the ball better. Uh, and Waller could be going into this year looking like the number one for most of the season, unless they make a big trade or they make a big splash in the draft. Could could easily happen because we've I mean, we've seen teams make these big trades in, at draft day, and the more those teams succeed, if the Eagles trade for AJ Brown and go to the Super Bowl, and the yeah. and you know and Miami trades for Tyreek Hill and has uh, the turnaround they've had. The more that ha- it's a copycat league, so the more that happens, the more we're going to see. Yeah, we started uh, two, two, twice last year. Hollywood Brown, though, it didn't work out for Car- uh, the Cardinals. Uh, he got traded on draft day as well. So, but so that which leads me to my last guy here on this list, which win now is a two sided coin. If you're winning now, you want to maybe grab these guys and utilize them or stash them. If you're not competing, you want to trade these guys away. So Waller, even Kelsey, uh, Zach Ertz, he's coming off uh, ACL surgery. He's might miss the start of the season, but if they do trade DeAndre Hopkins, they're going to be looking kind of like a ghost ship over there. They're doing a bridge year, and it could be like Ertz and Hollywood Brown, and then just guys like Rondell Moore and Greg Dortch. Like he, at 32 years old, he's probably free to acquire, and you could just kind of throw him on the bench. On the flip side, if you have him in a league and you're not really competing, you hold on to him, and the moment he comes back, you trade him, right? Yep, 100%. I mean, yeah. the the Hopkins is the shoe to drop, right? Like, need it, need it. He, he's got to get, he's got to get moved. There's been too much chatter uh, surrounding him for him not to find himself on a different roster come uh, come draft day. Coop, uh, sure. if we're looking at safe tight ends here, um, you know, I see you know guys that haven't been yet mentioned: uh, Dallas Goddard, uh, George Kittle. You know, other top tight ends are going to be going early in drafts. I have to imagine those guys are on your safe list. Yeah, so the safe list for me is guys that – because, like, the true difference makers, the movers and the shakers of this world, they lead their team in targets. When we talk about these seasons, Kelsey, all the crazy seasons he's had, Mark Andrews, Darren Waller, they all led their team in targets. So these guys on this list are guys that you put in your lineup and you feel comfortable about it, but they're probably not going to lead the team in targets. So we're talking – because they have wide receiver competition. Now, this group, I would say they're pretty locked in back-end tight end ones, and if a wide receiver gets hurt on the team, they immediately have top five upside. So we're talking Dallas Goddard with A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith. And honestly, the the, the rule of thumb is that you don't get two top 24 wide receivers – and a top five tight end. We haven't seen it since you know 2013. Peyton Manning threw 55 touchdown passes. But if if a team could do it, it would be a team like the Eagles with how highly consolidated mm-hmm. those targets are. Right. Yep. Uh, George George Kittle maybe another one. Uh, again, George Kittle is a little more scary than Goddard. Similar situation, but he's got CMC. He might have Trey Lance. You, you're going Goddard over Kittle, right, John? Right now. Uh, yeah, just the the better quarterback. You're gonna go yeah. Goddard there. Yeah, I think so. And but the good thing about Kittle is that he, with his speed, like he leads all guys in like 40 plus yard plays. It's not even close over the last like five years. So he can do more with fewer targets, which keeps him in that conversation. Uh, other guys that are in that group now, uh, David Njoku, right? He, I mean, we don't know if Elijah Moore is going to get more targets than him or not, but it's a question. Uh, so, but Njoku, athletic, very athletic guy. I know Howard Bender has been a big, Howard Bender has been on his, he never jumped off the wagon. Right. So <laughs> Howard say. props to Howard. Cause a lot of people did jump off. I briefly, I, you know, me, I, whenever the situation changes, I go back and forth, but Howard stayed on. He believed in the talent and uh, he was right. You know, Joker looks good. 
So uh, you feel okay having him. And then last guy, Evan Ingram, our boy came came through. Uh, but the Calvin Ridley addition is what makes Evan Ingram on the Jags no longer Evan Ingram on the Jags, if that makes sense, right? Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, it's just a, it's an elite, elite pass catcher is now joining an offense. Um, claims he's healthy, claims he's ready to go. Pushes right. everybody else down a little bit of a peg. Christian Kirk and, and um, uh, are, I'm blanking on our other favorite wide receiver there. In Zay Jones. Yeah, Zay Jones, right? Like how, where is Ingram supposed to fit in that crew, you know? Yeah, so I think what's going to happen now with Marvin, so what they did last year was Zay Jones was the, the outside wide receiver playing like 97% of the snaps. That's why you and I liked him, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, outside of the games where he just got vaporized by sauce Gardner and Jeff Okuda right. and those guys, he was pretty good in the other game. Like we were just watching the matchups being like, get him in the lineups or, or, or set him on fire. Right. Cause <laughs> he was doing like one catch against sauce. But um, so like he was a full-time guy. Kirk would be on the outside. And then when they would bring in Marvin Jones on the outside and, and Kirk would move into the slot and Ingram is kind of always on the field. So it doesn't affect him much. But the problem this year is that now Ridley takes that full-time Zay Jones role. Uh, Kirk is his normal role. And now Zay Jones in the Marvin Jones role, that doesn't change the snaps, but it certainly does redistribute those targets. And Evan Ingram, he could still be a top guy at the end of the season, but I'm worried he might be inconsistent. He, last year he was actually, I hate to admit it, as much as we victory lapped, he was fairly inconsistent from week to week. So that's why these guys are guys that I like to put them in my starting lineup. But if they are my starter the way I'm building out the rest of my dynasty team is I'm saying, Hey, I got these safe guys. Why not fill my bench with some like upside stashes and see if I can catch lightning in a bottle, right. get this year's Waller, or this year's Logan Thomas or whatever. Now let's move. Let's move on to that. If you're talking about some guys that maybe have some high risk, high reward to them. Uh, there was maybe no more favorite play of mine towards the end of last season than Chigakonkwo. Uh, we saw team. like those limited sample sizes there in the middle of the year. You know, the the two catches, one of them for 40 yards against Kansas City. He's having all these these big plays. And then at the end of the year, they kind of just turned it over to him to be a starter uh, over Hooper and, and getting the majority of the work there in Tennessee. Uh, and he had some really good fantasy games here. Absolutely abysmal offense there for a little bit. But what are your thoughts now on a Conquo here? It's literally the perfect example for this this discussion, right? Because you can't necessarily trust him. He only played a thirty five percent snap share. You know, we can believe. You know, they tell us all these things. He's he's the guy, and and you know he's going to get a bigger role. But they tell us a lot of things, don't they, John? Uh, yeah, Coach Speak is the devil. Yes. So we we but we but you know like I from what I saw, I believe it. He checks like every box in terms of uh, athleticism, yards per route run, average depth of target. Uh, like target share when he's in the game, like just all good things. Reminds me a lot of a Mark Andrews that had a good season playing like 35% of the snaps. And then they got rid of Hayden Hurst and he was the dude. He has kind so, of draft capital on the side too. I mean, a fourth round pick for tight end really isn't that bad, right? Not bad at all. Not bad. I mean, uh, he ran a four, five, two, which is the same 40 time that George Kittle ran. And George Kittle was a fifth round pick. Right. So, it's not the end of the world there. So, like, that's exactly what I'm trying to do. If I'm sitting there and I'm in, I'm competing now, I'm one of the best teams in my league, and my starter's George Kittle, and I'm a little worried, I go out and I maybe overpay a little bit to get some upside. So, guys, I'm looking at are anyone that could find their way into being a top two target on the team. So, we already talked about Darren Waller. It's That's right there for him. Uh, Chigakonku is another example. As much as we don't really even love the talent, Dalton Schultz, what's to stop him from 
being a top two target on that Texans team right now. I so. like Dalton Schultz. You and I go back and forth on him all the time, but I, I he's been too so reliable with Dallas. Him and Dak had that chemistry. Obviously, a big step down in offense for Dalton Schultz here. But to your point, that could just lead uh, to more targets there. Coop, right. we're both Patriots fans. Uh, mm. We saw John o. Smith sent to Atlanta. We saw Mike Gesicki now sign with New England. You know, where does he fit in this offense? You know, Hunter Henry two years ago tied for the league league and touchdowns for tight ends with New England. Um, does he compete now with Henry for targets? Is Henry moving into more of an inline guy? You know, what? where are we with Mike Kosicki here? He's in this group, man. He's in this group. And we, uh, uh, Alex Barth, who's a beat writer in New England, did the heavy lifting. He went back and looked at every uh, Bill Belichick, Mike Kosicki quote, like through the transcripts. And I'm not even kidding. Eight or nine times, Bill Belichick said he's more of a big wide receiver. That's how he would start. Every time he brought up Kaseki, he would say, well, he's more of a big wide receiver, right? So that's how he would start every every sentence. And he was. I mean, with Chan Gailey, he played 90% of his snaps wide receiver. Yeah. So if he's going to, if they're going to have Juju at flanker and Devontae Parker at the split end and Tyquan Thornton comes in to be like the field stretcher, why can't Mike Gesicki right. play a huge, huge snap in the slot? And so. we have that that nice quote from Gesicki. Uh, it was like national tight end day and he's like, it's national yes. big, big slot day. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. They, when they asked, yeah, they asked him, it said happy national tight end day. And there's another quote from him uh, when he was mic'd up. He went up to Dawson Knox and, uh, you know, uh, and was like, hey, man, at least they're using you, right? <laughs> so if he's going to – because he could have signed wherever he wanted. He picked yeah. the Patriots. You imagine he's going to play. Right. Uh, so I'll, And I'll throw one more name out there just because of the void of targets, right, is the Colts. You have uh, Michael Pittman. He's the starting split end. We'll probably see Alec Pierce as the flanker. They let Paris Campbell leave. Uh, so there's a possibility Jelani Woods, very athletic player, really flashed last year. I mean, there's a chance that he pops in and plays a good amount of slot. So just a name to keep an eye on, you know, like if you have George Kittle, the only thing that's going to surpass him in your lineup is somebody that's super athletic and also is now a focal point, like a Chico Conquo. So you don't want to load up on these, on guys like, uh, you know, some of the names we'll get into later that are just like, what's the upside, you know? Yeah. And I, I don't mind, you know, Johnny Woods is certainly going to be a little bit interesting, especially, you know, the Colts expected to take a quarterback, obviously, in the draft. But, like, if Gardner Minshew starts for them for the first, like, half of the season or something like that, like, that's oh, not, yeah. you know, that, that's not, that's certainly not terrible there. Uh, Minshew well, had no problem finding Goddard, man. It was like two touchdowns every time Minshew started. Right, yeah, yeah. They, he loved the tight end. So yeah. uh, I'm big on that one as well. Uh, if we're talking about guys that you can stash right now, Coop, um, you know, Pat Fryermuth was somebody that I again liked a lot last year. Um, just felt like he provided a pretty safe floor level of production in that offense. Then he went down with an injury, came back, he wasn't seeing the full snap share, he eventually got the full snap share back. But with him, again, it's all about the progression of the quarterback play. You know, can Pickett right. take that step forward and be that guy that that offense needs in Pittsburgh? Yeah, man, that's the problem. And I'm I'm not necessarily willing to bank on it right now. Like with quarterback. You know, it, it can take some time. And I just, like, I would never be willing to say that Kenny Pickett isn't going to be good, but I'm also not willing to say that he's just going to take a massive step forward this year. So this kind of goes to the article I just wrote. It's on fantasyalarm.com. If you type in Andrew Cooper fantasy alarm or Andrew Cooper sort system, this is my system. It's start opportunity roster talent that I use in Dynasty where sometimes you got to go and start somebody like Waller or Schultz just because they have the opportunity. And on the flip side, you want as many talented guys that you believe in, 
like like Howard Bender with David Njoku, that you're just holding on to him, waiting for that time to come. That's Pat Frymuth. We believe in the talent, and we're the problem is that the quarterback isn't set to go nuclear, and they have DeAndre Johnson, and they have George Pickens. So you're kind of just waiting for that window to open where either the offense is really good, or maybe they just can't pay both those wide receivers, and now he's he's the guy. Uh, you know, so uh, Pat Frymuth fits that. Uh, Greg Dulcich is another guy. I mean, converted wide receiver. We like him a lot. But, John, we just had some cold water poured on our trade rumors we were talking about last week with uh, Sean Payton, right? Yeah, I mean, he claims he doesn't want to move any of his guys. So, which, if you're Sean Payton, like, why would you want to do that, right? Why would you, yeah, let me go to this this new team and sign this long extension and then trade all of our talent away. Like, For me, John. Yeah. For me. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't seem like that's, that would be his in his best interest there. But, you know, who knows, right? Like, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I mean, yeah, I mean, he, he says that now, but draft day prices, maybe Cortland Sutton goes away. And then now we love Greg Dulcich. But while they have, we we like Sutton, we like Judy, kind of Tim Patrick's a pretty good player. It's just, it's a little crowded there right now. Um, so that goes for him. Other guys have fallen in that category. Cole Komet we liked, but now it's, he needs to prove this year that he can compete with Chase Claypool at the very least and Darnell Mooney because DJ Moore is the guy there now. So there's only one spot, right? Second target. So he's got to really compete. Otherwise he's way on the back burner. There's no way the bears just don't unleash fields this year to throw the football, right? Like obviously he's not going to throw 500, like 600 times or whatever, but you don't get all these wide receiver talent around him without willing to let him take that, you know, Jalen hurts step forward. Right. If you trade the first first overall pick right. for DJ Moore and then you don't and you in your bottom they were dead last in the league in passing. And when I'm saying dead last, I mean dead last in the last like twenty years. So like if you trade for DJ Moore, you better be ready to huck it, chuck it, John. You're one hundred percent right. Yeah. Um a couple other guys I'd throw in that group. Uh honestly, I'd put this guy ahead of Cole Komet at this point. Trey McBride. Uh we like him. He looked how many rookies come out, even even though the starter got hurt, how many rookies come out and get ten targets in a game? Right. You know, so I see that. I like it. Juwan Johnson, converted wide receiver. And, you know, I, again, we, we're the kind of guys that don't say that, you know, Dr. Fortune Teller, we don't try and predict injuries, but he's one Michael Thomas injury away from being a top two target on the team. So uh, you kind of hang out. And those are guys I'm stashing. There's quite a few other guys. So that list was Frymuth, Dulcich, McBride, Komet, Johnson. I don't want them to be my starter this year. Frymuth may be closer to that Ingram and Joku crew, but I don't trust them to start for me, but I want them on, on my bench. This group of guys, uh, you know, then there's a, just a huge group of guys I'm looking to sell, John. Yeah. yeah. All right. Where are we going for sell then? Uh, obviously, uh, you there's been a handful of obvious candidates that you uh, haven't mentioned. Uh, favorite punching bag of Mr. Andrew Cooper, her Tyler Higby, notably missing from the list above. So make your sell list here, Coop. You think he was going to be on this list, John? Well, you know, listen, I, I, I just suspected uh, that that could have been a case. Dude. So this is why he, and he's, he is still tough to sell because he's Tyler Higby, but I mean, dude, you go and look at anybody out there. If you just have guys in your league that just look at the box scores, Tyler Higby technically was the tight end six in PPR last year. Right. Like he finished at the end of the season as tight end six, which is insane to anyone who actually had him on a team because he was completely unstartable. These are his PPR weeks from week six through 15. So the heart of the season and the beginning of fantasy playoffs. 
he, these are his finishes. 1.7 points, 3.5, 0. If you have a player that puts up 1.7, 3.50, you cannot put him in your lineup the next week. Right. The, so, but then he scores 15.3 points, 8.5, right? Someone, and then you, someone, right, 15.3, 8.5. Somebody picks him up off waivers now because he's had somebody, back, back to back <laughs> great weeks. And then what did he do, Coop? Somebody picks him up and then puts him in their lineup and he goes zero points again. <laughs> zero points, dude. And then he goes 3.4 points. 3.1 points and you're just like no chance I start this guy. <laughs> yeah. He comes back and scores 12 points. Right, exactly. Somewhere in there at the beginning of the year he's getting peppered with targets. And then he has like a two touchdown 30 point game for absolutely no reason after Cooper Cup got hurt uh in Arizona, right? Like just the sum of the part like the right. yeah, the sum of it the parts looked good but it was just terrible. So if you can't somehow sell him after a tight end be like hey here's the tight end sex please then Please do that. Get rid of him. I don't want people. I think most of my followers have learned never to ask me if they should start Tyler Higby, but I still, I still get it. Listen, you always say like Tyler Higby, you just got to pay attention to who the other tight end is and how they're using, using him. Right. you know, they, when Cooper Cup went down, like you said, they, they kind of had to move Higby into like the slot and they had a different tight end in there and his whole utilization change. And all of a sudden he started seeing targets, but yeah, with the healthy lineup and the idea that he is going to be more to that blocking guy, hard to, uh, Hard to trust when it comes to Tyler Higby. What other tight ends are we selling here, Coop? Yeah, I'm selling anybody that's on a team where I look at it and they have three guys that I think get more targets than them, especially if they change teams. Like the prime candidate, Irv Smith Jr., right? Like Hayden Hurst was averaging fewer targets per game than not just the wide receivers, but Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon was averaging more targets per game than Hayden Hurst. I look at Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon, I just can't possibly get behind this Hayden Hurt, this Irv Smith situation. And it's only a one-year deal. So people are like, oh, well, what happens if T. Higgins leaves next year? Well, what happens if Irv Smith leaves next year? <laughs> like, he's not locked into this team in any way. So it's a golden opportunity for you to sell him. Hayden Hurst signing with a new team. He's going to be with a rookie QB, other target competition. Golden opportunity to sell. Uh, Tyler Conklin, the moment the Aaron Rodgers news is official, sell. Right? So, yeah. like... I'm not interested. Gerald Everett was never really interested. He's only good when the wide receivers are hurt. Robert Tunyon, I doubt you can sell him, but I mean, he's going to be a backup. Like we already said we were concerned for Cole Komet. I can't see a world where we like Tunyon. And then a big one right now that, you know, might not, there are enough people that like this guy that you might be able to sell him as Jake Ferguson. I look at it and, you know, he kind of flashed a little bit, but in the games that Dalton Schultz was out, he didn't even run the most, most routes at tight end. Right. In the two games he was out, uh, Ferguson ran 29. Peyton Hendershot ran 37, right? On the season, it was split, 116 for Ferguson, 114 for Hendershot. And, you know, they added Brandon Cooks. It's CeeDee Lamb, Brandon Cooks, Michael Gallup. I just don't see a world where Jake Ferguson is, like, the dude. Unless Dak Prescott really proves to the world that he just likes whoever's playing tight end. Which I guess is that's possible, John. Definitely I mean, possible. That... Listen, guys have comfort zones. They like their the way the offensive play calling and the routes that the tight ends run in those offenses. You know, there, um, you know, there are reasons why more often than not the tight ends considered the big safety blanket. You know, uh, Ben Roethlisberger yeah. threw to he was a Heath Miller for like you know a decade. You know, just, yes. just love throwing out to him. So 
Uh, you know, those guys and the way their reads are and the progressions of their reads and whatnot. Andrew, Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck was throwing touchdowns to who the hell cares, right? <laughs> yeah, like, I think exactly. Ebron had 13 touchdowns for that one year. Uh, who's that big white guy? Colby Fleener. Yeah, like, Fleener and then who, who, Dwayne Allen, led, Dwayne Allen. Like, led the league in touchdowns or something like that one year. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. So you're right. That is So that's within the range of outcomes. But that, that's a risk that I'm willing to take. Yep. And uh, so I guess – you know, we'll, we'll probably ra- we'll wrap it up with some stashes, but like anybody I don't mention in this next stash section, you can consider them a sell as well. But we, I just didn't put them on the list because like I'm trying to figure out who might have value. Sure. Like there's maybe a hand. There's there's a small contingency of Twitter that still likes Donald Parham, but you know I'm not going to tell you to sell him because nobody's buying. Yeah, any, tell you. any of these teams could also just go in the draft and draft you know one of those top tight ends too, and just kind of throw right. a loop into all all of this as well. Yeah. And we'll um, talk rookie, rookie, t- tight rookie tight ends. Don't typically historically produce out of the gate. You know, there obviously are some use cases where that isn't true. Um, could we talk some stashes a little bit earlier? Some of the more common folk names. Uh, what are some of the deeper stashes uh, for those maybe out there still looking for some tight ends? Yeah. So we're just looking for usage and athleticism. When you get to the deep guys, these, I'll give you four names, kind of popular names. Uh, I mean, John, you know, some of the names, like who are some guys that you look in? You're like, all right, athletic guy, just not in the right position right now. Uh, I mean, listen, we, we saw last year, Isaiah likely pop a little bit yes. during training camp. Uh, he was somebody that in the preseason had some games and people started drafting him in best ball. Uh, his ADP started rapidly increasing and there was talks that they could use him as a, as a wide receiver as well in this offense. When Andrews went down, we saw likely come in and actually have a couple of good games. So uh, that's obviously got to be the first one. Yes. Bingo. Like Isaiah likely. And the thing is Todd Munkin is bringing that air raid offense it, three, four wide receiver. It's sets. so weird to have that offense come in with your, the quarterback that you have. Cause Lamar, isn't an air raid quarterback. I honestly think that might be a big part of this, John. I think that might be a big right? part of them <laughs> like, saying, Hey, like without saying it out loud, we want to move this guy and we want you to give us two picks to sign him to a contract. Right. Yeah. Like, I don't know, man, like that. I think that might be part of it, but he can run it at Lamar Jackson. Yeah, He's like, not, he's not incapable of throwing the ball downfield, but it feels like the best usage for Lamar Jackson isn't throwing the football 500 times. Right. Right. So that's the thing is like, but right now, I mean, you look around and it's like James Broche and Devin Duvernay after Rashad Bateman, like (laughs) Isaiah likely could be playing wide receiver in that offense. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a guy we like, but you know, he is more of a stash for later. Um, You know, Noah Fant athleticism off the charts, Alberto athleticism off the charts. If I have a bench spot for him, I'm keeping him. If I am in a shallow league, and that's the worst player on my team, and I need to cut him for draft picks, then I cut him and I click that little star. The disappearance the... of Albert O last year was absolutely criminal. Mind-boggling. Just, Mind-boggling. just what what happened to this guy? He just, you know, a lot of things went wrong for Denver last year, but nobody predicted Albert O. One start, eight games. <laughs> like That was not yeah. what was in the cards there. Yeah, and the crazy part is they brought in that interim coach, that was like the they he was like a time time management specialist. Yeah, uh, I can't remember yeah. his name now, but he they brought him in and he is like hey, calling the plays and Albert O plays a bunch and afterwards they're like yeah I don't know why this guy wasn't playing he looks pretty good <laughs> and then they fire that guy so now it's like now there's no but out no one in Albert O's corner anymore right. but who knows you know it's a brand Hopefully new he's offense. Bacon shot, paying some cookies or something yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Now, before we get to like the crazy deep stashes, like down the depth chart, are there any other starters out there, John? That like you know names that guys that you know start are at least starting that you're like, hey, you know what? I'm I kind of liked him. Um, I mean, Kid Otten, I guess, could be one here. Uh, you know, obviously, we saw him at the end of the year really take over for Tampa Bay. The big question there, of course, is Tom Brady is not the quarterback. Anymore, I know. So, yeah. and you know. You know how I feel about Baker Mayfield. <laughs> I know, dude. I know. I know. But that's why he's more of a stash, right? Because it's like you hold on to him as Mike Evans ages out. Because you got to remember that, like, this is cyclical. Kate Otten is eight, seven, eight years younger than Mike Evans. So we can't sit here and say Mike Evans is the problem forever because he can't possibly be. So if Mike Evans ages out or Chris Godwin or they get traded, now all of a sudden, you look around and Kate Otten is one of the guys. So right. uh, I do like that. I mean, just the fact that he earned the starting job as a rookie is pretty good in this yeah. league. It's very good. Uh, and then, you know, we'll, then we pretty much hit everybody in the world. So we can do some just if for you, the, you have like any, like say you're, you're drafting, you know, and you're in a big dynasty league, like any, anybody that like, even I wouldn't know, like what's your, what's your super deep, crazy, you know, you had one, Last year, uh, who what uh, you uh, the Lions, right? Did you call out yes. a touchdown? Shane coming? Shane Zilstra, Shane yeah. Zilstra, because and be, that's because I do the the snap count article. Yeah, and I go through and I look and I say who's running the routes, who's doing what, and at the end of last season, the pass blocking percentages for the Lions tight ends were Garrett Griffin was blocking on forty percent of his pass plays, so he's basically a tackle, right? But Brock Wright was blocking on 29%, 30%. So Brock Wright, to me, that's not an appealing fantasy player. And that, that was even after they traded Hawkinson. He's just not appealing to me. And James Mitchell was blocking on 15%. And then I look and I see, wow, Shane Zilstra, he's not playing a lot of snaps. But when he does, he's playing sly. He's running routes. Only 2.1% of pass plays was he has to stay in a block. I'm like, hey, this looks like this might be their pass catching tight end. So I, you know, I was like, hey, throw him in a... Throw him in a DFS dart throw. You know, he scored two touchdowns, was it? Or was it three yeah. touchdowns that game? <laughs> yeah. It I think it was wild. at least it was two. Wild. Yeah, it was yeah. A, it was a wild uh breakdown there for him. Yeah. Uh, but I just so remember was... I just remember you like throwing him out there on Twitter and once again just like Koopa Coop, Damas, right? Come out yeah. there and uh and knock it down. So if there's enough science there, you just kind of have to trust it and throw those out there. You know, a lot of times it's nothing, but I mean, in this case, if everybody else is going to be standing to block and he's playing the slot, why not? Right. Why not? Yeah, with the right Yeah. So he's one change. If they don't add anybody, I expect them to, but maybe they don't. Uh, Jody Fortson. Uh, he's, he's probably more popular than a lot of these last names I'll throw out. Uh, these guys are for like, if you have one of those mods, if your buddies, like let's make a crazy league where it's like everybody's own. It's 40 man rosters with taxi squads. Like Jody Fortson, I'm holding. He just has better usage than Noah gray played more wide receiver snaps than Noah gray. If, if there's going to be a Kelsey air that's on the team now, Fortson, uh, he's a guy, uh, Cole Turner. If we're looking at Washington and saying Logan Thomas is kind of on the way out, he just played fewer pass blocking snaps, ran more routes than John Bates. Uh, really deep guys. These two last two guys are, we're talking the last two guys I'd roster. Now that Eli Wolf is gone, I needed new names, right? Uh, one is, you know, Eli Wolf retired. I uh, hope he hopefully enjoys his retirement. Uh, Charlie Kohler, we're talking the third tight end on the Ravens. It's not his fault that he was drafted by the Ravens. I think the Ravens tight end scout is just awesome. Yeah. I think that might be the case. But some, if Charlie Kohler is good, 
and Isaiah Likely's good and Mark Andrews good. Sometimes what happens is those guys get traded, right? Like definitely if you know. Um, so that's the interesting one. And then the very last name here, uh, this guy, not a lot of people probably heard his name. Uh, he hasn't he hasn't played much, but he checks his he checks every tight end meme box in the book, John. Have you heard of Stone Smart? I haven't, no. <laughs> good. Okay. So you're gonna like this, John. Uh Stone Smart. He's on the Chargers, who Gerald Everett rumors he might be cut. Donald Donald Parham is just a blocking tight end. This guy, in terms of memes, John, all Metro basketball player in high school. Check. Like it. High school quarterback. Even better. In college, he went from quarterback to playing wide receiver. Right? Yeah. Now he's a tight end in the NFL. Let me throw the, the final cherry on top for you, John. This guy's name is Stone Smart. His middle name is Cole. Stone Cold Smart. <laughs> <laughs> I swear his name's Cole with an E, yeah. but Stone Cold, dude. We got Stone Cold here. If That to me is enough that if you're in a really deep league and you got free taxi squad spot, you throw Stone Cold on there and you just <laughs> hope that uh you know that his day his day comes man but he he's got the athleticism um you know then and that's the kind of stuff where that's where logan thomas comes from right you look back and say hey like we joke about antonio gates being a basketball player and jimmy graham being a basketball player and logan thomas being a quarterback and darren waller being a wide receiver but guess what those guys all paid dividends so if those guys are floating around in this league i got my eye on them stone smart put them in the list i like it we'll put it down we'll revisit uh, Cooper, remember last year, uh, during our, our like kind of breakdown series there, though it was a little bit later is after the NFL draft, uh, you know, we identified guys like Chris Evans and whatnot, you know, as potential, uh, uh, <laughs> stash plays, you know, and, and breaking down things. So yeah, you know, I don't, I don't mind it. I don't mind it. Uh, Coop, what do we got to come for those who are uh, listening and looking forward, uh, to future content pieces from you? Yeah, here's what we're doing. Uh, so Dan Servadidio, when he gets done with his college basketball mayhem, the madness, yeah. which he'll be, we're going to give him a couple days because this tournament has been bonkers, right? Uh, no, we'll no give, number one seed in the Elite Eight for the first time ever. So ever insanity, and no number two or three. Like yeah. It's just a crazy, crazy bracket. So we'll give Servo a little break, but he's going to come in because he's our college guy. So he's all over college basketball. He's all over college football. He's going to come in, uh, lay out some prospects for running backs, wide receivers, quarterbacks. I want to do the tight ends just because I've been uh, pretty plugged in on that. Uh, I'm going to keep on while we're doing that. We're going to keep dropping our uh, concept articles. So uh, the if you go and check it out, the uh, sort system is up for tight ends. I'm also already dropping player articles. So last year, those individual articles that convinced you to draft Evan Ingram and Miles Sanders at his ADP and win your leagues, we're doing running those back. One out already, Jalen Waddle. Check that one out. Uh, and so we're going to do – so we're going to have player articles, concept articles. We're going to hit all the rookies in writing and on this podcast, and then we're going to do some mock drafts. So, you know, we're we're pretty locked and loaded on this show, John. Uh, you know, we've you hit the, tight ends. You got, you got the lightning round as well back in action. Lightning yeah. rounds back, baby. Like we're fine. We got some good guests coming on, dude. We're going to do the live show for the draft. You know, John's going to join us. Howard's going to join us. Uh, that's going to be a blast. So just all the content you can ask for here. Yep. And on this show, we're, you know, like we said, we're going to hit quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and then wrap it up by, you know, leading into the draft. We'll do our own hard hitting show on, on the rookies there. So all the football you can get, John, and just, 
I guess baseball starts tomorrow. So you guys got something going on oh, with the yeah. other stuff the, too. The never action never stops here uh, at Fantasy Alarm. So uh, that wraps up this week's episode, everybody. Coop and I will be back next week. Of course, you know where to find us in the Discord. You know where to find us on Twitter. If you have any questions, we'll talk to you guys next week.